Morning, Hillcrest. So if you were here last week, or maybe you weren't, I said very clearly that this would be a grand opportunity to, you know, kind of take my shots at Bill and set the record straight. And I said, you know what? I'm going to take the high road, and I'm not going to do that. But you know what? I've had a week to think about it. And I'm really not that good of a person to take the high road. So I figured, like, it... it I got I to gotta call him out on one thing while I'm here. Is that all right? Yeah. yeah. All right. So I don't, I don't want you to be fooled about his dripped nature. Okay? Because I want to tell you what. He's a shover. And do you know what I mean by that? He, got, he has stuff, and that's a nice name for it. And he doesn't know what to do with it, so he just shoves it places. He shoves it on the shelf. He shoves it in the closet. He's just a shover. So all that drippiness that you see, right, and everything looks so fly, and he's got his product in his curls and all that, ask him to see his car on the inside. That's what I'm talking about. Um, thank you for having me. Pastor Jen is one of my best friends on the planet, and it has been an honor to serve here. I know how much she loves you. She agonizes over you. She prays for you. She lays awake at night over you. I know these things because we're best friends and we tell each other these things, so I know You are in amazing hands here. And so it's been a privilege to give her a bit of a break because I remember what that feels like to have a little bit of a break from being on. So thank you for having me. Yes. Amen to that. Every scar tells a story. Now, if I was super bold today which I'm kind of not feeling it, but I've got one right here, and it's about this long. Bobby Graziano. (laughs) Bobby Graziano. Eighth grade, basketball. He thought he was going to take me out, right? And he did, because you know why? I was probably going to beat him. (laughs) So we go up for a rebound, slam down, my knee crashes in. I have this huge scar on my knee. Bobby Graziano. Scars are visible, are they not? Some are invisible. But even the beautiful people of Hollywood have scars. Tina Fey, the star of SNL and some other movies that she's been in and things. I don't know if you can see it, but she's got quite a scar from her, uh, on her cheek right here. Do you, can you see that? Yeah, do you know what that's from? When she was five years old, a stranger came up into her yard and slashed her face. Scars. Seal. Seal is a British songwriter, singer. He sold over 20 million records. He's a four-time Grammy Award winner. He has a form of lupus that attacked his face. Lots of scars. And last but not least, one of my favorites, right? 
Indiana Jones. His scar under here, do you see that? Do you know what that's from? He lost control of his car while he was trying to put on his seatbelt. That's what that's from. Scars. What about the scars that we can't see? What about those scars? Those scars that have crushed our spirits. Those scars that have wrecked the image of God in us. Those scars, as I talked about even last week, that make us feel damaged or devalued or deficient in some way. Because they feel, it feels like they've ruined our lives. But what if our scars could tell a different story? What if our scars could tell a different story? What if those scars, those painful, dark places in our life could be renewed, restored, beautiful again, as the worship team led us, beautiful again? I believe that that's actually true. And do you know why I believe that? Because the basic tenant, foundation, core, whatever you want to call it, of our faith as Christians is the resurrection. The resurrection. There is no other religion, there is no other world religion that claims that their God has risen from the dead. This is why I always refer to it as Super Bowl Sunday. It's the Super Bowl of Christianity, Easter Sunday. No, no, other, no other religion claims that. And what's also true is that our God has wounds. That's also true. And for the most part, to other world religions, that's disgusting. And do you know why it's disgusting? Because no deity would ever claim to have wounds. But our God has wounds. Jesus' scars tell a different story. Amen? Jesus' scars tell a different story. Scars, then, my friends, are not removed. I'm sure you'll be happy to hear this morning. Thank goodness I'm not going to say they just all go away and they just all disappear because we know that they don't. Scars are not removed. They are renewed. Say that with me. Scars are not removed. They are renewed. Let's turn in our scripture this morning and see what we can learn about this. Uh, John chapter 20. Whoops, I lost my spot here. Um, John chapter 20 is right after Jesus rises from the dead. And in verse 19, it says, that evening. That evening. So this is like, he died, he rose. That evening. On the first day of the week, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors. Because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. 
As he spoke, he held out his hands for them to see, and he showed them his side. They were filled with joy when they saw their Lord. He spoke to them again and said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. The disciples are gripped in fear behind locked doors. The very first thing that Jesus says to them in their fear, and why are they afraid? They're afraid because the man that they loved and followed just got crucified. Capital punishment, execution outside of the city. However we want to misinterpret the, the crucifixion, there's not a lot written about it in the Gospels, but it was gruesome. So they're locked up because they're afraid. And the very first thing that Jesus says when he enters in through the locked doors is peace be to you. See, and this is why Jesus is Jesus. Because I'm telling you what, like if that were me and Jen Zerby deserted me, I'd be like, where were you? Right? What, you just left me? Lots of shame, rejection, and that's not what Jesus does. And by the way, they did all flee him and betrayed him. But no, he says, peace be to you. Because Jesus knows, he knows how locked up they are. Not only physically behind a locked door, but they are locked up inside. They're paralyzed by their fear over what might happen to them. How they may become scarred. But Jesus enters in. This is beautiful, my friends, because when we are in pain and we have wounds and we are suffering, we can believe that God is in our suffering. He enters in. He is not someone who's far off, who doesn't know, who hides his face, who buries his head. No, he enters into our suffering because our God has wounds. He understands. Immediately then, like this is fascinating. I'm kind of a geek when it comes to scripture, but this is fascinating. The very next thing Jesus does after he declares peace is what? It says after this, he showed them his hands and his side. He shows them his scars. Why would that be the very first thing that Jesus does? Why would, he sh- why would he show them his hands and his side? He's showing them to verify and identify who he is. It's beautiful. And he's not afraid to show his scars. His Good Friday scars are still visible on Sunday morning. Scars are not removed, they are renewed. That is the beauty of what we believe. One of my pastor friends, Jenny Ahern, said this, Good Friday scars are visible on Sunday morning. It was not the absence of scars that brought recognition, but their very presence. And yet, we want to hide We put our heads down in shame. And you know what? Sometimes 
we're not very nice to each other when it comes to our scars. I was just having this conversation this week, particularly around grief. There's a lot of judgment around grief. How you grieve, when you should be done, how you should do it, when you should not do it, when you should cry, when you shouldn't cry. You don't know. You don't, you don't know my pain. You don't know my scars. We're just not very nice. Because we all have them. We all have them. And you know what? I know there's all kinds, you know, you guys probably don't know this, but there's all kinds of beauty makeup to cover your scars. There's all kinds of beauty makeup to do that. But sometimes we just can't cover the scars. And that's okay. Clearly, Jesus wasn't too concerned about it because that's the first thing he showed them. The very first thing, here I am. See? They were visible. Because those scars, those marks meant something and identified who he was. There is a, um, I don't even know what you call it, it's a process, uh, mostly in African countries, and it's called scarification. It looks like this. Scarification is a long, painful process of permanent modification of the body. But what these scars do is they transmit messages about identity, belonging, social status. They're often carved with knives um, or stones or glass to inflict the room, and then that's why it raises up. I think I have one more picture. It is very detailed. Very detailed. But what they would say is that this scarification is a mark of belonging. It is a mark of belonging. In fact, one Ethiopian uh, father said this, our parents did not get lost in life. If you saw someone with the same marks on their faces, you would approach them because you knew that you were related in some way. You knew you were related in some way. My friends, brothers and sisters, that's what we call each other, is it not? It's a biblical term for the community of faith. Brothers and sisters, we too have scars that are marks of belonging. We belong to the one who has wounds. And we too in our scars then know that we belong as well. It's beautiful. It's comforting. Jesus, uh, one scholar said this, the crucified Christ is the risen Christ, and the risen Christ is the crucified Christ. He's all of it. All of it. Here's where it gets really even more interesting. What? do the disciples do? What is their reaction? It says they were filled with joy when they saw their Lord. They were filled 
with joy when they saw the scars. Can you imagine that? If we know that we belong to one another and somebody shares something so deeply painful in their life and you just kind of sit with them and you're with them in it, they were overjoyed because they knew who Jesus was by his scars. They knew who he was. It is a form of solidarity. I belong to you, and you belong to me. My daughter, Lauren, is going to be 32 years old this coming Tuesday, August 22nd. She's my only daughter. And I just couldn't help myself last night. She had a gathering of a lot of her friends for her birthday, and I just couldn't help myself. I told the story. Because we all have them, and if you're a mom in this room, I know you have one, and probably after you're going to one-up me, but that's okay. That's okay. But I tell the story of my scar, and I'll say to her, I have a slit in my stomach for you. Do you know why? That's good Italian guilt on top of everything else. My whole life, I have a scar right here. But you belong to me. You belong to me. And I think for the first time, now that she's 32, she wasn't as embarrassed as when I did that when she was like 8 or 9 or 10. (laughs) And her friends thought it was awesome. Jesus' scars. Our God has wounds as a mark of belonging. So if you are here this morning and you have deep scars and deep wounds, it does not exclude you. It does not push you to the margin somewhere. It does not make you less than. It actually calls us into solidarity with our God who has wounds and with each other. This is the beauty of beautiful scars. Whatever has scarred you does not define you. Whatever has scarred you does not deter your destiny. Whatever has scarred you does not dictate your life. Whatever has scarred you does not diminish your capacity for love or belonging. Whatever has scarred you does not detract you from God's purpose. Whatever has scarred you does not detain you from living a full life. Whatever has scarred you does not decrease God's love for you. Whatever has scarred you does not devalue you. Whatever has scarred you does not determine your future. Whatever has scarred you does not destroy who you were created to be. Those are the promises that you can hang on to this this morning. And I want to encourage you. Let your scars tell a story that is more true than the pain it represents. I am telling y'all, for what I've been through in my life, somehow, some way, those scars have got to tell a more true story than the pain they represent.
That is the beauty of beautiful scars. I want to encourage you. Scars are not removed. They are renewed by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Romans 8, 11 says this, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit living inside of you. That is our hope. That is how we know that our scars will be renewed because the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives and breathes in us and will deliver us to life. Now, it may not be today. It may not be tonight. And it may not be tomorrow because I'm still on the way. I'm still on the way. But someday, those scars will be beautiful. Probably not as painful as they are here and now. But every day along the way, I know that the same spirit lives and breathes in me as he does in you. Let your scars tell a story that is more true than the pain they represent. Amen. Lord, thank you so much. We are so grateful that our God has wounds. That you are in solidarity with us in our suffering. While we may be afraid, you enter in and you are with us, keeping us, showing us. Lord, give us the courage, give us the faith, give us the perseverance when those scars sometimes just seem way too deep and too much. Help us to look at you and to keep looking at you. In Jesus' name, amen.